For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, welcome to welcome. the very first episode of yeah. the number one Bengals podcast. We are on the Believe Podcast Network now. And this is a big, big change for us. And just in time for the start of the NFL season. Yeah. And if, of course, if the NFL season happens, right now it's happening, you know, we're all so positive. But let's be honest, Hoji, what? one little slip-up could right? ruin everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just one guy. One sneeze. You know, one sneeze could take down the whole thing. And I'm thinking forward to the game against the Steelers, you know? Like, do they wash their hands? Do they, no. you know what I mean? Do they, do they believe in science? Not. I mean, has has any of this knowledge reached Pittsburgh about how it to... It has not. Yeah, and then, and then you and know, I think about... Under a cloud, and they live under a cloud of dust already. So you right. can imagine with COVID trapped in there. Wow. Right, and I think about someone like Ben Roethlisberger, and I don't like to oh. judge people, no. but he looks like a guy who eats a lot of beans. Who right? eats a lot, period, yeah. Yeah, and then and the thing is, I mean, I nothing against no, beans. It, it's great, he's so, yeah. got a protein-heavy diet. He's got too much protein. I have read that the COVID virus can be transmitted gaseously. And, and so I'm worried about when our defensive linemen are lined up against oh my Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, my gosh. I, never, I didn't even think about that. Now you've given me something else to keep me up at night. Because I will tell you this as a Bengals fan, if there was ever a time to be happy but also worried, it is now. I haven't been this excited for the start of a Bengals season since I can remember. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow is here. It's yeah. like Christmas. It's oh, like man. opening up our Christmas present. I'm yeah. so pumped. I'm so excited. And I just don't want anything to go wrong. No. And, and we're going to talk about what Joe Burrow needs to succeed in his first game at home. You know, what, what is going to happen? And we have two very special, very yeah. knowledgeable guests. We I'm do. talking about Joe Goodberry. That's yes, right. he is back from retirement. That's yeah. right. And Coach I Matt. Bengals knowledge. Yes. Father and Joe. Father Joe and Coach Matt Minich. That's right. We got two big heavy hitters, big shot analysis for you. So, guys, I'm looking at Joe Burrow in his debut. Right. And we do other thing with rookie quarterbacks. There's okay. Adjusting to the NFL is speed. There's also the, you know, the, the butterflies, all the little things with the, the nervous system and, uh, you know, worrying about how you perform and how people are going to judge you. But with, with a guy like Joe Burrow, I don't think it matters. I don't think, you know, having a crowd, no crowd, you know, this guy, if he plays in front of his family or in a packed Roman Coliseum with his life on the line, it doesn't really matter for him. You know what I mean? He just, I don't think that is going to be a fact. No, in fact, in fact, if when the Lions are chasing this man, although I don't want to, you know, put out any negative lion stereotypes, but when the Lions are cha- chasing this man, it's only going to make him play better. Yeah. That's the kind of nerves of steel he has. Right. But really, Joe, I mean, I think about the offensive line is our biggest concern overall. And in this Chargers game, we have two guys, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, who can pose problems. So what do you see? happening you know what do you see how do you see that matchup playing out 
Yeah, and if there isn't nerves for Burrow in his first game and, you know, handling this offense in a shortened offseason, maybe the nerves come when he's dealing with pressure, right, or dealing with a little bit more than he's used to. Even though he faced a fair amount at LSU, I think when you look at Joey Bosa, maybe top two or three pass rusher in the league right now, probably even defensive edge player, and he's going to go against Bobby Hart. So for me, it's like the Melvin Ingram versus Jonah Williams. I feel okay there. At least we hope so, right? We hope so. Jonah Williams on the left side can handle his job, even if it's his first game also. But on the right side, Bobby Hart versus you know Joey Bosa, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a bloodbath, honestly. They're going to have to get the ball out as quick as possible, play action, misdirection, anything to get Bosa to flatten his feet just for a half a second to get, it, to get Burrow just that little bit of extra time. But still, it's the biggest mismatch in this game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and the thing is, what are the Bengals? What can they do? I mean, I know Giovanni Bernard is very good in pass protection. How can they offset these mismatches? What, what can they do to, to, to kind of help him? I know he has the instincts. He has the, the you know, the escapability. Disguise it. Disguise it. It's never been used in the NFL before. Just from a quarterback perspective, I think Burrow is so much better in the pocket and dealing with pressure than Andy Dalton was. I think we're going to see... And it's hard to say because Dalton was so good for what he was, but Burrow is expected to be at another level. And I think especially in the pocket, dealing with pressure and then going through secondary reactions and and extending plays and going off script. And when he can do that, it's going to make this offensive line look much better. It's going to make the receivers look much better. It's going to make the offense be able to function and and put up more points, more yards, all that. So I think just from a quarterback perspective, it's going to make the whole line look better. But what they can do scheme-wise is get the ball out quickly. You're talking less than two, two and a half seconds on a lot of these quick reads, RPOs, which Burrow did a lot at LSU. Then you add in the play action, and they ran a lot of play action at LSU. I think we're going to see that again a lot out of shotgun and under center. And what that does is make the defensive line read, run, hopefully for at least a half second, and then gives you that little bit of extra time. Yeah, Yeah. Coach Menich, I mean, what, what do you see this? How do you see this matchup? Coach Matt. I mean, I mean, that's it. That's the worst matchup that you've got. And we're going to have to see what the answers are because definitely, you know, heart's an issue there. How much are they going to help him out with, with the running back? How much are they going to help him out with Drew Sample? I think we focus on right tackle and, and, and Bobby Hart. But I think we forget that last year, left tackle was the bigger problem, especially right. early in the year. I mean, in, in the past and in the run, players are getting destroyed because that guy was just getting knocked back into the backfield. That's a big part of the reason why they couldn't run at the beginning of the year, because they didn't have a player there. So having Jonah there hopefully at least solidifies, locks down that. So if you need to help out the other guy, you can do it. You're not picking your poison with uh, with who you're going to help out and who you're going to leave on an island. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, and, and, and as, as Joe said, Look, the, the two biggest additions to this offensive line are Jonah Williams and Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. Because Joe Burrow right. is definitely going to make them look a lot better. I think uh, uh, John Sheeran posted a video earlier today after uh, Cam Hayward got his extension and video Cam Hayward uh, getting after Andy Dalton. And, uh, and you know, you look at that and you're like, oh, that play's not going to go exactly the same. No, Hayward's a great player, don't get me wrong, but you know that, that exact play wasn't going to go the same way with Burrow, who has some escapability. I will say this, Coach Minich. Another great addition on the offensive line is AJ Green. Now, that might sound kind of strange, but I mean, it sounds like you don't know what you're talking about. It does. It does. But I'm saying, like Joe Burrow, I say that AJ Green, he can make up for a lot of the problems on the line because of his, the threat he poses, the, you know, the fact that Joe Burrow can, can, can rely on him for, to win those 50 50 balls, all that kind of stuff. Like Joe said, getting the ball out quickly. 
it works for a guy like Andy Dalton because he could trust the guy like AJ Green. AJ Green's going to be back. Well, okay. I hate to be the, you know, negative Nelly here, but I want to put a little bit of perspective on stuff. I love the Cincinnati Bedangles just as much as anybody else. I love this team. I'm excited to see this, but you got to curb your expectations. Joe Burrow is the only quarterback in his class of this, of this first rounders that's going to actually be starting. Two is not even on even on the Chargers. You know, they could have gone with the Herbert Sherbert, but they didn't. He's not starting, which is fine. But I mean, look at what he's facing. Even downfield, you got uh, Chris Harris Jr. The man knows what he's doing. He's a veteran. He's wily. He's a big threat down there. I think in some ways that's going to offset the AJ Green factor. Sh- uh, Shield Capadia of the Athletic ranks the Los Angeles uh, Chargers as the number two defense. This year. Now, I know that's a bit of an exaggeration, but that's a that's a tough position for yeah. for Joey Joe to start out in on his first game in the NFL. So Coach Menich, I mean, how do you see look, look, we know, we all know our receivers look on paper look amazing. I mean, you got AJ Green, the the you know, ultimate number one option. You got Tyler Boyd, the the solid contributor, you know, the slot option. He's so good over the middle. You got John Ross, the burner. Yeah. You got yeah. Uh, you know, you got Auden Tate, you know, making some tough catches, maybe, you know, on, on like third and, and long. And you got T. Higgins. Yeah. So I know they're talented, the Chargers, but, you know, how do we specifically match up with their guys? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really talented group, uh, especially a, a corner. Now, with Duran James being injured, that throws a little bit of a question mark at, at the safety spot. They got uh, Rashawn Jenkins, who's Pretty solid player there. You got Nasir Adderley, who uh, I liked a lot in the draft, but he is unproven at the NFL level. So definitely somebody that you could you could see them looking to take a shot at and, and and test a little bit early. But when you get into the into the corners, I mean that's a really they got three really good corners with Cam Hayward, with Desmond King, and with Chris Harris Jr. And Chris Harris Jr. in, in particular is interesting to me. I think we've seen Desmond King played, I think, about 50% of his time in the slot last year. He played a good amount in the slot. But to me, Chris Harris is one of those great moving pieces who can play on the outside. He can play very well in the slot, and he matches up against a lot of different guys really well. So it'll be interesting to see what they try to do with Harris if they are putting him inside, putting him on Boyd, or if they're leaving him on the outside. So, yeah, some definitely some, some interesting matchups there. Yeah. As you were saying, with you know, A.J. Green helping out the offensive line. I think there's some validity to that because, look, I think a lot of times we talk about, hey, the old line's bad. They got to leave in a bunch of guys in protection. You got to have a fullback to, you know, block. You got to have uh, two tight ends, you know, seven, eight-man protection, whatever it is. But if you spread them out, they have to declare themselves. So with all the talent at receiver, you got, you know, you put A.J. Green out there, you put John Ross out there, you put – Tyler Boyd out there. Those are guys you have to account for, and you're not just going to want to lock up and play man on those guys. And when they are sending somebody, whether it's somebody who's in a nickel-type position, a nickel linebacker, a rock-down safety, something like that, when they're sending those guys and you're spread out, they're going to give it up pretty easily, right? They're, they're going to show it they, because they have to by by position of the defense. Otherwise, they're coming for too far and they're never going to get there. So it definitely helps you out that you're going to be able to see those blitzes coming. You, you can make some adjustments, which partially will be Burrow communicating with, with Trey and, and, and helping out and, and getting some protections changed. But also partially it's going to be Burrow recognizing what it is, seeing it and getting rid of the ball. And getting yeah. into the hands of those guys who those guys, you know, obviously the Ross is Ross is the fastest guy in the history of the NFL combine, but all those guys can do something with the ball in their hands and make plays. So, you know, that 
matchups could be really interesting, but I think being able to spread those guys out and get the defense farther away from you really makes them declare themselves and, and can help out the offensive line a little bit. Yeah, and Joe, how how can we do that best? Like, what receiver rotations can we yeah. do to take best advantage of these matchups? That's my first question for you. Second one is, are we going to see T. Higgins heavily involved in those rotations? Yeah. 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 yeah, even though they have, we feel, five, even six, seven good receivers. I mean, they kept a lot. It was even cut down day, Stanley Morgan not making it. This team feels very good about where they're at, re- at, at receiver. It doesn't mean you go out there with five wide receivers. And even if you go back to, you know, LSU's offense and Joe Burrow, even though there were five wide, it doesn't mean five wide receivers are out there. You got three, a running back and a tight end split out. And I think the Bengals are going to try and do that. I think they're going to try and take advantage of the Chargers linebackers who aren't very good or aren't very good in coverage. Yeah, they drafted Kenneth Murray in the first round, but he wasn't very good in coverage at Oklahoma. I think he's got a long way to go before he's able to be proven in the NFL. So I think they're going to attack that over the middle of the field. So A.J. Green hasn't played since 2018. Not a full game since October 28th of 2018. That is a long time ago. A whole different world. It feels like 10 years ago. And then you have John Ross, who's perpetually injured. T. Higgins missed a lot of time in this camp. So what does that mean? I think Boyd's out there pretty much every snap. But the rest of those guys, I think we'll see a heavy rotation. And that's probably a good thing. Normally, if I didn't feel good about the backups, and I don't think we have the last two years in Cincinnati, when A.J. Green's gone down, when John Ross has gone down, either one of them, and at times it's been both, it's really sunk this offense and, and, and the output it can have. So I think they're not in that same situation now. I think if Ross or Green were to go down or need a few snaps off, and I think they, they'll do that, and you're going, throwing out T. Higgins and, and Auden Tate, who on table is seemingly the MVP of training camp, you feel really good about that receiver group and you don't feel like you're hanging Joe Burrow out to dry. So I, I think we'll see Boyd the most. And I, man, I, for me, I'm draft Tyler Boyd in fantasy. I think uh, he's going to lead the team in targets again. I think he's going to lead the receivers in snaps. Then you probably have AJ Green number two, but because he hasn't played in so long, maybe 80% of the snaps for him. John Ross, maybe 50. And then so that other mix of 50, 20, maybe 10 for Boyd uh, will go to Auden Tate and T. Higgins. Yeah, I can see it playing out like that exactly. That I was going to say all of that, but you know, I just I just thought you know it'd be nice to the guest. <laughs> yeah, it was on the tip of my tongue, all of that. But no, thank you, Joe. Really. And okay, finally, guys, to close yeah. out the offensive segment, give me yeah. your predictions for Joe Burrow's first game ever. I want to well, see. I'll, if, yeah, I'll, yeah. Go ahead. I'll start, Daddy. I'll start. Yeah. Look, you know, I get a lot of flack and a lot of negative mail from people who say I'm always negative. Look, I love Joe Burrow. I think he's the cat's pajamas. Okay, I love the guy. I'm looking forward to this game like like a, like a man who's meeting his mail order bride for the first time. That's how much I mean. Like I'm really looking forward to Sunday. I'm really looking forward to what can be seen. But I cannot emphasize enough that this is a rookie quarterback. This is a whole level of different level of play. I would be happy with seven wins this year, and and I don't think I don't know if Sunday is going to be one of them, and that's okay with me. Yeah, that okay. So we're talking about Joe Burrow's performance. So I think he's going to be okay. Okay, yeah. I'm talking about a stat. So Joe, like what? Like just tell me, like what kind is it going to be? Okay, gonna, yeah. I said cat's pajamas. I said that. Oh, cat's right. pajamas. That's cat's that. pajamas. Yeah, that's in the okay. stat uh, category. Um, I think when you look at it, you got realistic expectations. Obviously, even though he's the guy we wanted, we're we're all excited about Joe Burrow. Even Andy Dalton who had a good rookie year when they went to the playoffs. They, you know, they 
he went to the Pro Bowl. It, it was one touchdown, one interception, and he didn't finish that game against the Browns, his first start ever in, in Cleveland. Although they won, Bruce Gradkowski threw a touchdown at the end to A.J. Green, A.J. Green's only catch of the game. But uh, I think expectations should be, you know, not a lot of yards, maybe a lot of dinking and dunking, but at a high completion percentage, I, I'm, I'm thinking we see 200-plus yards, maybe we're looking at 250 yards, one touchdown, one interception, in a tight game. I don't think the Chargers are that good, and I don't think their offense – is going to be able to produce that much. Uh, so I'm thinking this is like a 20 to 17 type game. Yeah. 2017 Bengals. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. We'll do, okay. We'll do game predictions too. I just sure. want to borrow, but that's okay. Yeah. Matt, Coach Menich, please. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ball that ballpark too. I'd, I'd probably go a little bit higher, you know, 270 ish, maybe two TDs and, and, and a uh, interception. You know, there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some mistakes. But this, you know, this being his first live action, not even getting a look in in the preseason, there, there's going to be some ups and downs. But we also have to remember that this is L.A. not knowing what our offense is right now either. You know, they, they have some assumptions based on what they were, what were last year. And obviously they were watching film on, on Joe Burrow, too, you know, hoping that uh, Mike Florio was right about us. But still, there's no film out there of the Bengals bro offense. That's a great so, point. Yeah. You know, well, there's gladiators. They're going to be able to take away everything. They've got some really good players. It's going to be interesting to see how we deal with those matchups at receiver. It's going to be very interesting yeah. to see how we deal with the protection. But but I, I think they can have uh, some success here. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of your predictions. It's going to be a gritty game. I mean, the San Diego defense is a lot. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be like a record-breaking game for Joe Burrow or the offense. So, uh, yeah, I, I predict Bengals, I, I think, to be held to about 42 points. I think, you know, That's and I think Joe Burrow will have maybe five touchdowns. I don't think he'll get to That's the eight, you know, the rec- No, I think five touchdowns under 400 yards, about 350, 375 yards, five touchdowns, 42 points. You know, I mean, it's a, a start, a, you know, he's, yeah. Another hundred and a touchdown on the ground for Burrow too, right? Right, I mean, exactly. That's like a Cam Newton first game. You remember that one against right. the Cardinals? He had back to back four hundred. He had back to back four hundred yards right. games to start his career. So yeah, I think two thousand eleven yeah. shortened off season number one pick Cam Newton. There you go. Mm. It's it's going to happen again. By the way, this portion of the program was brought to you by Hamisher Schlemmer Pet High Chairs. With today's technology, we really don't get enough chances for those great dinner time conversations with our loved ones. So, yeah, so let's, guys, let's jump right into the defense. Okay. Jump into it, man. So, you know, Joe, the defense was, we, we talk about the offense and all that, but the defense was like setting bad his, historical marks the past couple of years, right? I mean, they were giving up a crazy amount of yards. It really looked like we did not have one competent linebacker, you know? I mean, last year we saw flashes from Jermaine Pratt. But other than that, the past couple of years, it's just been like the defense has been kind of hopeless other than Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlop, those kind of guys, you know, Jesse Bates, you know, obviously. Overall, our defensive perception is our defense is weak. They're what really guarantees we can't be a contender this year. What do you see in this game against the Chargers? What is the biggest weakness that we have to compensate for? It's answering those questions that we've had. It's, you know, because it wasn't just last year or the year before. It's been, I don't remember the last good linebacker that's been for the Bengals outside of Vontez Perfect. So linebacker is still a major issue. How they're going to rotate those guys is, to me, is still a mystery because we didn't get the preseason. We didn't get camp. I don't know who the nickel linebackers are still. You know, I think Sean Williams being there would have changed some things up, but it doesn't sound like he's going to play. And I think largely, if you look at the first eight games versus the last eight games, that is two different stories of last year with the Bengals, not only on offense, but I felt on defense too. The first eight games, I'm like, 
you know, they fired coordinators for similar starts to this. And I wondered about Lou Anarumo's job. Then they kind of figured it out a little bit. And Jesse Bates played better. And all the linebackers played better. A lot of defensive linemen just started to gel together. But they add guys like DJ Reader. And I think you get a healthy Carl Lawson. They're managing his snaps. And I think we'll continue to see that. The hard part is the cornerbacks. And while Darius Phillips played a lot last year, and I think he had 75 covered snaps, ended up with four interceptions. That's high production. But at the same time, I do think we're going to look at this, this secondary and say there's a lot of questions still. We got Vaughn Bell, you've got Mackenzie yeah. Alexander, and you got Darius Phillips that are kind of new to a starting role, at least starting week one with the Bengals. And how are they going to fit them? How is it going to work together? Is there going to be some communication issues? There was a lot of communication issues last year to start the year with the new defense. So maybe some of those are ironed out, but having new faces and guys next to you brings new host of issues that you've got to figure out on the fly. And I think we will see that, especially with no preseason. You're only going to get your own offense for the last four weeks. You're going to actually see another offense that you don't have any tape on. We said that about the Bengals offense. It's kind of true still with the Chargers. But you mentioned Von Bell. I mean, honestly, Joe, I and mean, I know I know he's new to the team, but he just seems like such a professional, such a talented guy. I kind of feel that he'll just transition. And the secondary, he'll give the defense, the secondary, a little more identity immediately. But but I I know that the, it's going to get better over time, you know, as they get used to playing next to each other. And you, we didn't have the preseason, obviously. That kind of maybe set us back too. Uh, but okay, let's let's say how are they going to deal with playing a guy like Tyrod Taylor? Because you know Tyrod which, Taylor, which yeah. Tyrod Taylor, uh, uh, he this is Tyrod Taylor. Let me let me put this out there for for everybody. This is a man who's been underestimated a lot. Uh, he's had a series of. of Injuries here and there. He's played for a bunch of different teams. He's never really been settled. But this is a man who can he he is like like an Andy Dalton, Alex Smith type guy. He gets the job done. And I, I don't think that you can just say, oh, Tyra Taylor's a nobody. No, there's a reason why he's starting over Herbert, and that's because he's he's got experience. He's going to be able to read through our defense. I would worry about Tyra Taylor. I would. And and by the way, I would worry about Herbert too. If they get it, if they let Herbert play, that man is really good. Coach Matt Menich, I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, what do you see about the overall defense? You know, what do you see about the overall weaknesses of the defense? Well, you know, with, with Trey Wayne's out, like, like Joe was saying, uh, corner's a question mark. I, I'm a big Phillips guy. The, the number one people, the number one thing people say about him is his height. I really don't think that's as big of a deal as we make it out to be. You know, I mean, obviously in certain matchups, you're not going to want a guy like that covering on Tate or anything. But I don't think that's as big of a deal as, as we make it out to be. The big thing for me is is really the coaching, and and, and Joe talked about this too. With you know bad start, that was Anarumo going to stick around? We knew Anarumo was a late hire. I saw a lot of things on on film last year that were very interesting in a good way. For instance, the way they used Sam Hubbard, right, moving him all over the field, the different things they were doing, how they kind of transitioned, how they were running a bit of a 3-4, a bit of a 4-3, four, four, and just utilizing their personnel in some very interesting ways in the front seven. At the back of the defense, the secondary had some big-time problems, and a lot of it was either scheme or communication. And and Joe and I actually, we were having a, a, a discussion like over DMs one time, like, what is this? Do you have any idea what it is? And I mean, I think we both did videos that we talking about a, a blown coverage and what possibly they could have been trying to do. So now they've had a year, they've got new players, you know, so, you know, hopefully it's a, there's a processing aspect to that too. And it's not just that, 
you know, Dre was getting burned because he was because he was slower and stiff. He wasn't processing things, and maybe that, yeah. that's why they were out of, out of, out of position. Hopefully, yeah. they replaced some of those guys. There's uh, also been a, a, a coaching change at corner. Hopefully, that's helped some things out as well. Yeah. So that's the, to me is the big question part, Mark, but, because I think Anaruma's defense has some aspects where it was like, oh, this could be pretty cool. Yeah, but they got torched a lot. And a lot of it was missed tackles. It did, yeah, missed yeah, tackles. Yeah. And look, yeah. and, and just things that look like they may have been schematic. You know, right? Yeah. It, it's it sometimes usually you can tell when it's a mental error by a player. Yeah. Because one guy's out of position, right. but then there were times when you couldn't even tell who the whole was out team of was out of position. Looks like we didn't yeah. know what game we were playing. I know, but so, so look, so that's the big question yeah. with, with me is they're playing what is, you know, what are they what are they doing and, and who is yeah. Anarumo? I mean, uh, Coach Menich. I mean, you were, you were talking about this, and really, let's be honest, we haven't been able to tackle tight ends, you know, for even during the Marvin Lewis era. I mean, even, you know, during when Marvin Lewis, the defenses were good. We had, a pro- we had problems with tackling tight ends, and we had problems tackling running backs in important games, in critical games. You know, in those primetime games, those playoff games, it was always like some no-name running backs running all over us. But now, we brought in three rookie linebackers. We brought in a guy, Josh Bynes, you know, just a very knowledgeable, uh, good veteran. We brought in, you know, DJ Reader to shore up yeah. that defensive line. And uh, what do you see? How do you, I mean, because look, the Chargers, let's be honest, they have playmakers. They have this Austin Eckler guy. He's a little tiny guy. He's a little tiny guy. He's like my height, right? He just runs around and no one knows where he went. And he, 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 he took the job of the two-time pro bowler, Melvin Gordon. He almost had 1,000 yards receiving as a running back because, because no one ever suspects the running back to catch the ball. And this guy's just catching the ball, running around like a little mouse. And, and this guy is going to pose problems for us if we don't, you know, if we don't plan for him. And then you look at uh, Hunter Henry. Right. I mean, uh, he's so good that Stephen A. Smith, you know, thought he was still on the team. is was like a threat when he wasn't even when he wasn't even healthy. You know, <laughs> and then you look at our, our you know, our receivers. We're going to get to that soon. But, yeah, the, the running backs, the tight ends, are we going to be able to tackle them and prevent them from having backbreaking plays? I mean, to me, the biggest thing is, is coverage. And, and that's been like tackling in coverage has been an issue for the, the, the past few years, even before last year when the. You know, the defense was really bad. You know, going back about two, three years, they've had trouble making tackles in the open field. And look, when you're playing some zone defenses and, and like you can't cover the entire field. So completions, there's going to be completions. But completions are fine if you cover the deep route, you rally to the shorter route, and, and you make a tackle and you don't let them turn them into big gains. And that has happened a lot to this Bengals defense is they, they don't make those tackles. So – some big changes, and, and again, we, we you know we, as we talk about the secondary, obviously Drake Kirkpatrick was not a yeah. strong tackler, right. so you know making some changes in the secondary is going to help with that as well. But now we've got linebackers, right? And and really across the board, like all these linebackers they brought in, I love Pratt coming out. I yeah. thought Pratt was a great tackler. I didn't think he was particularly good in coverage. The, the, the word from from camp is that he is much improved in that area, and they they shined in coverage. Absolutely, um, yeah. and and I think you know. It was never a he can't do it thing. It was a he's never very good at it right now thing. So yeah. hopefully he's taking that step. But you look at these three rookies they brought in. Yeah, all three good tacklers. All three good in coverage. That's that's what it's about. Is now what are they going to do? How are they going to deploy those guys? As, yeah. as Joe was saying before, what's that rotation going to be like? And yeah. you know who can match up on on, on who when it comes to uh, a tight end, a player like Hunter, a player like Eckler, because. 
if I mean, if they can be, you know, real, they really should be rotating all these guys in a little bit in this game, because yeah. this is a great test going against this team and those, and those guys to to see what they can do and, and to see who can cover, you know, what type of uh, what type of player there. Yeah. So, Joe, tell us about that. Tell us what you see, because, look, you know, Jermaine Pratt, number one in the snaps. Josh Bynes going to be number two in the snaps. And Jordan Evans, if he's on the team, he probably get more snaps than the rookies. So so tell us how you see that playing out with the rookies. Maybe. You disagree. Yeah, go ahead. How, yeah, do you okay. see the, how do you see the snaps playing out in this first game, you know? Yeah, I think Logan Wilson's actually, they drafted him, and I had a second-round grade on him. I think, don't be surprised if he's getting 50-50 with Josh Bynes. Bynes isn't a guy that you want in coverage. Even as much as he played for the Ravens, you look at his history throughout the league, teams got him off the field in third downs and a nickel. So who's going to replace him? If Jermaine Pratt's out there for every snap, if he's one of your nickel linebackers, great. You have athleticism. you got a guy who's presumably improved in coverage. I think Logan Wilson is the next guy after Bynes. So Bynes maybe is your you know, inside thumper in your 3-4 defense. And then when you need some athleticism, you need a guy that seems like he should walk right behind Bynes in his shoes with his mental ability and, you know, eventually be a leader of the defense. I think it's Logan Wilson, and he's going to get in there. But Akeem Davis-Gaither, he's the most interesting one because that is more of a wild card. You can do what you want with him. He he played some nickel corner. He played some safety. He yeah. played some edge rusher, a lot of edge rusher last year. And I think you can do that with him. I think you can mix it up. I think you can get a little crazy. Right now, if you look at their defensive ends, they really only have three guys with Dunlap, Hubbard, and Lawson, which is great because we like those three guys. That's pretty good depth. But I think if they need to get some juice on the edge and one of those guys need a breather, you can put a team Davis Gaither out there and feel really good about him, at least threatening that edge. Uh, He's a little light for it, but you can do it. So I I think the mix there is going to be very interesting to see. But to me, that is the weak point because I feel good about the Bengals' corners, even though we said it's it's a question mark in a lot of ways. Yeah, the Chargers really don't have great receivers. It's Keenan Allen who's fantastic, but if Mike Williams doesn't play and he's been a jump ball specialist, he's kind of unreliable. Hunter Henry's been unreliable because of injuries or so different reasons. So it's Allen and Eckler getting 15 targets each every single game you watch of the Chargers. You wonder if that's going to continue, and if that's the case, the Bengals have plenty of tape to scheme for that and, and plenty of time to say we got to shut those two guys down. And if the other guys beat us, then so be it. Then we deserve to lose. That's good. That's good. So it sounds like yeah. Please, yeah. go ahead, yeah. I haven't said much because I'm not that's the defense true. kind of guy. Yeah, I, I don't really care about defense. That's when I go get snacks. But Yeah, I've always found you offensive. It's true. A lot of people do. And I smell offensive, but luckily that doesn't come through. So the thing is, like, I, I feel like we we do have some stars, right? We got your – you got your Carlos Dunlap. He's going to come on the show. You got your Atkins. And I feel like one thing that's interesting for me is that Atkins wasn't playing in practice. Is this the Bengals saying that they really, really care a lot about Atkins? And I wonder if the Christian Covington hire wasn't to have someone to ease up some of the burden on Atkins so that you have like a guy to relieve Atkins of some of that duty. There seems to be a lot of investment in Atkins and, and in the Carlos Dunlap. And I think that's a good thing. I think that Anamoro Romo has figured out what works. And I I think they'd be okay. Well, okay. I think we all know yeah. what, what Gino is. You know, I, like, yeah. I, obviously, he's, he's getting older, but they know what he can do. And, you know, Zach Taylor has been adamant that, that he played far too much last year. Yeah. So, you know, yes. Ren's out, Tupo's out. They went out and got Mike Daniels. But still, when you look at it, when they run the 3-4 defense, right. which they ran about a quarter of the time last year, when they run that 3-4 defense, it's three defensive tackles that are on the field. Right. And Hubbard, the right. guys we think of as defensive ends, those guys are, are the, are the stand-up outside linebackers in that defense. So yeah. if you put Reeder, Atkins, 
and uh, and Daniels on the field, like that was all they had at TV right. tackle before they went out and made this move. Really, I mean, I was I was looking at the looking at the roster before, and I was like, well, trade trade Deshaun has to make this roster unless they do something. So right. I mean, that that was a huge addition, and and you know he's going to have to play in, in some of those three defensive tackle looks. And, you know, definitely to to get Gino out of there as well, cause, cause because they know that's important to, to keep him fresh. Exactly, because with Co- Coach Benich, what people don't realize is that p- playing defense is more grueling than playing offense. One minute of defense playing is more tiresome than one minute of offensive playing. Why? It's a lot more of taking into a lot of different factors when you're on the yeah. field as a defensive player. And all defensive yeah. players last it's year... Like, were, it's like losing weight versus gaining weight. Right. And yeah. all defensive players were out there a lot. Last year, they would spend a lot of time on the field. You're right. There was too much pressure on Geno Atkins. I have, for example, I've got a Tesla. I talk about it a lot. I also have a Chevy Volt. I sometimes drive my Chevy Volt so I don't put too much pressure on my Tesla. And I think that's going to be the approach with Geno Atkins this year. And I'm happy to see that change. Kudos to you, Anna Romo, for doing that. I mean, look, Gino Atkins, he signed a long-term deal last year. Signed a long-term and, deal. And he didn't have the best year last year. But he want to, you know, you have to try to get value. You have to try to get value out of your investments. And yeah. So when you sign a guy to that kind of money, like with Joe Mixon, you know, I, I remember when Joe Mixon, he goes up to Mike Brown. He says, I'm going to make this worth every penny. And I, I swear that I saw Mike Brown shed a tear. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was, no, it wasn't because it was not because the team is going to do well. He just said, you know, I don't feel bad about making a bad investment now. That's his that's his soft spot. Yeah. Good and, and so with Gino Atkins, they're like, this guy has got to play like a 10, whatever, 12. I don't know how many get every year, million dollars. We have to keep him like that, whatever it takes. And so they got so DJ Reader. Yeah. Yeah. And Daddy was so into good deals. I don't know if you guys know this. Sometimes he'll sleep over my of my house. He has great value underwear. I didn't know Walmart made underwear. His underwear says great value. Yeah. I've watched it. I've watched that underwear. Yeah, it's great value because it actually you can attach multiple underwears and use them as a table uh, cover as well. Parachute. And, and that, yeah, you can yeah. use it as a parachute. It, it's just there. They're really, you should try them out, guys. Really great value. Right. And, and, and unfortunately, that you have a face mask. I've seen you do that, and that's disgusting. I have a face mask right here, guys. Your mustache. No, right here. Well, the mustache it's filters a, the air. It's a handkerchief, Father Joey. That's why you oh, can't see. see it. It's beneath the... Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, guys, just be careful out there. And we hope the Bengals are careful. Gino Atkins, another thing is you got to protect him. You know, he's yeah. he's vulnerable. He's he's high risk with the with the virus. So, you got to protect that why guy. Why is that? Why is that? He has sickle cell uh, traits. He does? Yeah. yeah. I did yeah. not know that. So, that's another thing. I don't know if when Mike... Yeah, Mike Brown probably is very worried about that as well. Okay, guys. Great show. Thank you so much, Joe and Matt. In your opinion, should they subscribe and like and uh, turn on notifications? Yeah, someone asked while while you guys were talking right there, uh, what is this? And yeah. I, I thought that's a, a, a very <laughs> good question to what's going on here. And it's a very good Bengals informative show. You guys get the best right. guests. So that's why I watch. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What, what is this to be on your promos? That'd be great. It's great. I mean, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is, guys. It's the number one Bengals podcast. Hosted by. That is what the show is. I didn't, honestly, guys, it hasn't even been launched yet. And that is the name that they came up with for us. Number one. Yeah, we named it that. Yeah. Yeah, number one. Well, okay. I named it that. Sure. But they agreed. Guys. And so so I think it's only, I think it's natural that if it's number one Bengals podcast, that you're going to put five stars, whether you like it or not. Because. Yeah, please leave five stars and subscribe. I mean, if it's number one, you're going to put the five stars because what choice do you have? Exactly. 
Otherwise, it'll become number two and the, the universe will fall apart. There you right. go. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Obviously, as always, I have Dr. Roji, Dr. Kismoji, but very right. special guests. I'm talking about Coach Matt Manich and Joe Goodberry. Ooh. Thank you both for joining us. I hope you come Where's back. Where's the juice? And that is all we have for this show. We'll see you next time. So long. This week. Bye. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.